Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in South Florida, it's time for South Florida Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of South Florida Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Abby Cantor Agency, helping business leaders tell their stories. Today on South Florida Business Radio, we have Lindsay Freed and Alexandra Hartman with Simply Admissions. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Simply Admissions, uh, who you're serving, and how do you do it? Definitely. So um, I'm from... Um, I'm from New York originally, and then I went down south to the University of Miami, go Canes, and got a degree in business management. Um, I was doing marketing for hedge funds right outside of school and realized pretty quickly that I hated it. So I ended up doing a a complete 180. I got a certificate uh, specifically in independent educational consulting from UC Irvine and started Simply Admissions in 2016. Um, Over the past five years, we've helped kids in over 13 uh, states so far. This past year, our students were actually accepted into 118 different colleges in 30 states um, and received over 8.2 million in merit aid. So we're really happy for for their successes. Um, At a certain point, I moved to Atlanta. And even though um, I'm still serving South Florida kids, I wanted someone on the ground there. And that's where Alexandra comes in. And she has um, a really different perspective than me. She's on the, she comes from the other side of the desk and has worked in higher ed for over 10 years. So we're really happy to have her on the team in Fort Lauderdale. Now, what was kind of the impetus of this? What what attracted you to this um, kind of college admission uh, industry? Honestly, it was that... I I kept hearing stories from family friends and, you know, younger siblings and things like that about how confused and overwhelmed they were by the college admissions process. I feel like every year something was changing and it got more complicated. And I just knew that it didn't have to be so overwhelming for families that, you know, parents and kids didn't have to fight about the 10 plus essays the kids had to write it could be it could be a calmer experience they could be introduced to more colleges and and things like that and it honestly it was a little bit on a whim that I took my first um UCI UC Irvine um independent educational consulting class but I completely fell in love with it after that now um who is the target uh for this service is it the parents of the teens is it a parent that has somebody in you know a freshman in high school like at what point do people get engaged with your service We work with kids in 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 all all grades of high school the majority of our of our students are in junior and senior year um, because that's, you know, when the bulk of the, of the, of the work is going to get done in terms of who, who the target is, it, it's both, you know, they both benefit. It's a, we work with the family, um, as a whole, um, obviously our, our, we're most involved with the, with the students, but the parents are involved, you know, um, during milestone moments across, across the process. Um, and they're kept in loop, of course, and we're just sort of taking, taking the stress off their back. But, um, even though, you know, even though the work is primarily with, with the student, the parents benefit just as much, I'd say. Now, when they get to you that late, isn't kind of, in some cases, the die already cast in terms of they don't have time to kind of do more extracurriculars or do more of the things that are needed in order to get in the college they'd like? 
So it really, it, it, you know, we do work with we do work on academic planning and extracurriculars for all four years. When students do choose to come to us in freshman or sophomore year, you're exactly right. A lot of our focus is on that academic plan, making sure they're taking advantage of you know everything that their school has to offer in terms of APs and career tracks and things like that, um, career and major exploration and and you know utilizing the extracurricular resume to show to show those interests. But that being said, some kids it, it's a little they get a little stressed out if you start talking about college in ninth grade and 10th grade. And that's, that's okay. We're not here to add stress. We're here to take away stress. So um, it's a senior year is a tough, you're right. When they come to us in senior year, there's not much we can, we can do in terms of changing. It's looking at where they're at and making sure they have that balanced college list and helping with essays and things like that. However, there's a ton of things we can still do junior year to make sure they're on the right track. Most kids, um, do not and should not start testing like ACT and SAT testing until their junior year. So we can make sure they're, you know, they're moving forward efficiently with that purpose. They, we help them figure out their 12th grade classes um, and put together a, a college list. You know, my juniors at the end of the school year have, have their college list pretty much finalized more or less. So we're able to do all that earlier and then just dive into essays for senior year. Um, but like I said, the earlier you come, the more we can do, but we're, every student's different and some are just not ready to talk about college in ninth grade or 10th grade and that's okay. <laughs> we'll be here when they are. Now, when you're working with uh, the student or the student's parents or the combination, um, is part of your work kind of letting them know that maybe there's more options out there than the three colleges that they got their eye on or their one dream school? Yes, definitely. So that's why I'm really proud of that statistic that our kids got into over 118 different colleges in 30 states and five countries, because that's some of those schools, the kids had no idea existed before I mentioned them and just completely fell in love. Um, and I travel pre-COVID, I traveled around to different to schools, you know, all over, all over the world. And, and Alexandra's, you know, as well as if we, we just visited a couple schools um, today, in fact, um, that were that were brand new to her, and, you know, getting her introduced to that. Um, and because that's a big part of our job is opening opening families' eyes to the schools that are out there, but also making sure they understand how the financial aid aspect works, if that makes sense. So a lot of kids come, a lot of families come to, to come to us and say, um, they say, you know, we can't apply to any private schools because that's just not affordable. But, and that, that can be the case for some private schools, but many private schools, um, you know, discount tuition for above 50%. So that sticker price that they're saying is going to be the total cost of attendance is nowhere near the actual price that you'll pay. And some of my kids are going to private schools that, you know, are the same end up being the same price at the end of the day as their local public school. Um, so introducing them to that and, and going on a school by school basis to make sure it's hitting their needs, not only, you know, academically and socially, but also financially. Now, <clears throat> has there been a drastic change in college admissions uh, since COVID? Like with a lot of schools going at least somewhat in the hybrid where it's some online, some in person, are you seeing any kind of dramatic shift there? I wouldn't say the I wouldn't say the hybrid piece or, or the remote learning piece is, is causing a shift in admissions. What I would say though is um, the the test optional piece is really changing things. Um, you know, 
the majority of, of schools were test optional um, last year and uh, this year many of those schools are you know still being test optional the california schools are test blind now the public schools there so they're not even looking at test scores at all and that's changing things um it's meaning you know that some kids it makes it more 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 um accessible to them they're just not good test takers it's 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 making it so they can everything everything else they are strong they have strong grades strong extracurriculars and, and that's helping them but i think also we saw this year that for more selective schools, kids thought that, hey, it's test optional. Let's like, let's put my application um, application in, in the pile and see what happens. And that saw, you know, like schools seeing like Harvard and, um, you know, very, Duke, uh, Colgate, like seeing, you know, in increases in applications. But there's other schools that did not see increases in applications or even decreasing amounts of applications this year. So I think um, I think it evens out at the end of the day, even even with that. Now, I know a lot of uh, schools kind of pride themselves on the, how selective they are. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of rankings and ratings regarding how selective they are. It always bothered me that that's how they're kind of trying to uh, show how great they are by how selective they are. I would much rather see a statistic that shows me how each of their graduates are performing, you know, one year, five year, 10 year after they graduated from a given college within their institution. Is there any stats that show kind of the outcome of how they did after they left the college that was so difficult to get into? Yes, definitely. And I love that you bring that up because I am so, I am so against selectivity and those, you know, those rankings. And I, I explained to my families why, why it's all, all marketing propaganda at the end of the day. Um, you know, there's some schools that really encourage kids to apply and they, they make them think that they're, they're, you know, number one admit in their eyes and they give out free applications. They waive the fee waiver. They're doing all that just to be more selective. So it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's not um, organic selectivity. And with the U S with the U S news and, and world rankings, I always tell my, my family is like part of that calculation is how many alums give back. And it doesn't, it's not the amount that the alums give back to the school. It could be like literally five, 500, uh, 500 alums giving $1 each. And that would be just as much as if, you know, two alums gave $20,000 each. And that doesn't affect the kids' day-to-day -day life in college. So we're always breaking it down and trying to sort of go beyond the, the, what, what the marketing piece of it is. Um, I have my kids go into things like job placement rate, um, four-year graduation rate, six-year graduation rate, um, how many kids were accepted into grad school if they went that way, med school. So we're direct, it depends on what the kids' goals are and that's how we direct the kids to do the research. If they're interested in law school, can we, can we is the school providing a stat um, for how many kids got into law school, that type of thing. Um, we also look at um, like loan default rates for how many kids, if they did have to take out loans, were not able to stay current on their loans after they graduated presumably because they did not have a job <laughs> because sometimes you know colleges if the stats aren't in their favor they may or may not be as public with them as we'd like but we can always figure out ways to make an assumption um make you know an educated guess on what what those figures actually would be and that's where the loan default rate comes in 
So now um, for the folks in South Florida that have a, a student that's preparing uh, for college, can you talk a little bit about how they can take advantage of the Bright Futures program? So um, Bright Futures is a fantastic program. It, they have to figure out, they really at this point, the, the most important thing is to keep maintaining um, that GPA because you have to hit those, those GPA requirements for Bright Futures. Um, and then when it's you know junior, senior year, that's when we'll start talking about those testing requirements and making sure that they are hitting, hitting those ACT and SAT minimums. Um, that's the piece that they, you know, the GPA and the test scores is the piece that they can control. Um, after that, it's really just um, figuring, making sure that you have a balanced amount of in-state public schools on your list. So we're not just, you know, looking at UF um, and, and, and saying, okay, it's UF or bust, but financially, if you need those right, if, if that bright futures, you know, scholarship is what's going to make it financially possible for you to go to school, um, we need to put USF in there. We need to put FAU in there. It depends on the kids' stats, um, but making sure that they have, you know, plenty of in-state options to choose from at the end of the day. Now, is there any low-hanging fruit that a student can be doing right now to prepare for this better? To prepare for bright futures or just college in general? For just college in general. Um, I would say... You know, it really depends on the student, which is which is why it's a tough, a tough, um, a tough thing to answer. But I would say grades do matter. It may not, you know, it's, I'm not saying a C is going to derail your entire future. I don't want to put more stress on the kids, but I think it's sometimes it's hard to keep the big, the big picture in mind. And you know, ninth grade, ninth graders might seem like, yeah, like this class doesn't matter. It does. Um, it definitely does. And I would say too, you know, take advantage of extracurriculars, whether they're in your, um, in your, like offered by your school or offered in the community or, you know, even, even just, um, even just, you know, things, hobbies that you have to do. I have, um, I have a kid in South Florida actually that was used his, his quarantine time to become a fantastic baker. Um, and that ended up on his common app and he had great success with it. So, um, it doesn't have to be a structured activity, just knowing your interests and figuring out who you are will benefit you in the college admissions process. So now if there's somebody out there that wants to learn more and maybe help their kid, you know, get that edge they need and maybe get rid of some of the stress that they're going through uh, regarding this, uh, you know, kind of getting into college and taking the next steps. Is there a website for uh, Simply Admissions? Yes. Simplyadmissions.com is our website. And you can see um, Alex, Alexandra, my background um, in more detail there. And um, we have different, you know, blog posts that I think that I think most families would find helpful about the PSATs and um, different, you know, different aspects of the college admission process. Um, and you can also schedule a consultation, um, a complimentary consultation, if you'd like to. Now, and that's simply admissions with an S dot com. Correct. Yes. And then uh, we're talking primarily about South Florida, but you help kids all over the country, right? Yes, I do. And Alexandra does as well, but she's based in South Florida. So she's able to meet, um, to meet with kids in, in person in the South Florida area. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thanks for having us. We're, we're excited to be here. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on South Florida Business Radio.